I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 68. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guests today are Jess and Matt. The folk pop duo from Sydney, Australia, have recently released their third studio record, entitled Wildflowers. In today's episode, we're talking about their first record of original material, the pros of being an independent artist, and the music of Casey Musgraves. Here we go. Our guests today are a gorgeous folk pop duo from Sydney. After being introduced to Australia through The X Factor in 2015, they've recently released their third studio record, Wildflowers, which sees the duo releasing their own original music for the first time. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Jess and Matt from Jess and Matt. Hello. Very original. Jess and Matt. We're, we're really creative when we pick our name, yeah. How many times have you guys gotten that? Oh, it's so many, so many times. Often Matt and Jess. I, I mean, think I think it started as Matt and Jess and now we've locked in Jess and Matt. Yeah. There was lots of back and forth. A lot of people still say Matt and Jess, but ladies first. <laughs> That's very Gentlemen. chivalrous of you. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> has there ever been a time where anyone's gotten it wrong where they've been jess and matthew or jack and matt or we, we've, has anyone really kind of ruined it i think we've had pretty much every combination under the sun yeah. it's still you know when we've done festival bills and stuff people the intros it's always a, it's always a surprise to us and we're like give it up for matt it's generally it's like, generally it's matt and jess jess and matt roulette I I'd, think I'd like a Jess and Matthew. That sounds a lot, a lot more regal. It does. Jessica and Matthew. Yeah. Oh, we sound serious. <laughs> that can be like a more um, formal project, uh, another project, if you will. Exactly. If we go a little bit down the classical route, we'll, um, we'll, we'll adopt that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, congratulations on Wildflowers, the album that is out now. Um, it, it's a fantastic album. Congrats. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Yeah, Thank a bit you. of a uh, bit of a COVID project. So it's been a it's been a good time to make it to dive into an album. We started recording March last year, literally mm-hmm. as COVID hit Australian mm-hmm. shores, and we locked ourselves away in uh, Fox Ground, and we didn't know what was going <laughs> to what was coming at that stage. Everyone was hoarding toilet paper. We came back and we couldn't buy toilet paper <laughs> anywhere, like not one place. <laughs> I think we channeled a bit of that a bit of that sort of uncertainty into the record and. And a couple of songs that weren't necessarily going to be on the record sort of sort of started to fit a lot more cleanly. So now we've come full circle releasing it in COVID. Still in lockdown. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
it's um it's a full baby of lock uh, of lockdown, if you will. Actually, had lockdown babies for real. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> very true. Maybe none as public as this. Hopefully, um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. This isn't an announcement. <laughs> The album uh, has only been out for a little while now, but it's already been, I'm going to try and remember this off the top of my head, number one on the Air charts, number 11 on the Aria charts, number one on the iTunes charts. That must be a bit of like an exciting feeling for yourselves. Oh, I mean, during this time you need some kind of good news like that. So it's been it's been so amazing to lift our spirits, you know, during this crazy time. Yeah, we I never expected that. For I, don't, sure. I don't think we really ever expected any. We weren't thinking about charting or anything like that when we were making the album. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be doing this independently, um, that's a real sort of icing on the cake moment. Especially for us. Our, our first independent record, yeah, an original record, because um, previously, you know, we've been releasing covers. So it's pretty special. Yeah. You started recording this in March last year. Yeah. Was it always, when you kind of sat down to work on this project, was it always that it was going to be an album of originals? Had that kind of been on the cards for a while? Yeah, this, yes. this has been on the on the card sort of, five, five sort, of sort of the last five years. We've <laughs> yeah. been working towards it and we were, while we were recording our last album, Songs from the Village, that got us over to New York and Nashville and we had Chris Isaac on the record. And while we were doing that, we were, we were writing the whole time mm. and spending a lot of time in Nashville. I mean, we don't consider ourselves country artists mm. and Nashville also doesn't consider us country artists, but it was nice <laughs> to just create, create over there. We're just singer songwriters, kind of, you know, folky acoustic singer songwriters. Yeah. But the great thing of being in Nashville was it made us, they, they just focus on the storytelling. Mm. That's what it's all about. You know, it's before they throw production and everything at these songs, if it doesn't work, if it's not raw and honest and works on a guitar, then it's not a good song. You kind of can't fake <laughs> it over there. So we, we were able to sort of dig deep into some subject matter that was a bit darker and a bit more, um, a bit more raw and exposing. It was, it was, it was quite, um, therapeutic. Really, it was therapeutic in a lot of ways to be, to be able to dive really deep and, I mean, we, we've been writing for the last sort of few years. So this album's been, yeah, a long time coming. So mm. it's nice to, it's nice to finally have a whole body of work that is, is cohesive. It yeah. was hard. It was hard to choose, you know, the songs after writing them for five years. You're like, okay, every song we've ever written, which ones are we going to choose? <laughs> it's, yeah. a long, it's a long time. It's a long list. <laughs> and kind of finding that central theme of wildflowers was, was that that the journey that we've been on and the challenges we've faced? You know, leaving a major label and going out independently was something we knew we knew how we wanted to do this album, and it was quite a self indulgent process. Of you know, we locked ourselves away for a couple of weeks in a cabin, and we had our our co producer Pat, and that that whole process in itself was just really special. But it was it was getting fifty songs sort of down to ten songs, which yeah. was harder than we thought. <laughs> I was well, yeah, that was what I was gonna. Is like how do you prioritize or how do you work out what makes it come, what doesn't? Uh, I mean, tour, um, going on tour really helped with selecting the songs. Like so many songs that we never expected to put on the album were the ones that people responded to the most um, on tour and we thought, oh, we kind of have to put them on. When they're all messaging, they're like, 
you have to release this song. <laughs> so um, there's it was it was a good um sounding board to yeah. it, to to be choosing the song. That was that tour was just in February, just before we went into the studio to record. So there was mm. lots of changes sort of last minute. We were lucky; <laughs> we got five dates in in February before the world ended, and we had to just pull out of the <laughs> the rest of the shows. Yeah, but um, yeah, road testing a few of those songs. Like we we did a, a, a couple of shows in uh, regional regional areas where it was just the two of us mm. and we changed the set list and we were just like, you know, this is pretty intimate. Let's just road test some of these songs. People have never heard them before. And the response to a couple that were unexpected, there's one song in particular, 1961, that's really personal to Jess about Jess's granddad's um, battle mm. with dementia. We were never going to put that on, but everyone was like, wow, like I've, I've really connected to it. You know, my mum has had dementia or my, my grandparents or, you know, whoever, but it was really nice to see that that connection, and you kind of you kind of have to put it on the record. You kind of have to honor that, yeah. When when people are connecting to it, you know. Of course, I feel like people uh, really do connect when you are uh, almost bearing yourself in a songwriting sense. Um, that you're really laying it out and you're allowing them into your world. Just mm, as you mentioned, yeah. that song does kind of touch on. Um, on your grandfather's dementia and the song is gorgeous. It has this beautiful little audio sample. I think, is it a phone call or a voice message? It's actually, it's actually a videotape and my mum just like iPhone recorded it and sent it to it while we're in the cabin. Yeah, and, I, and it's crazy because it's the only, it's the only video that ever exists of me as a kid let alone with pop and I'm just playing around with his video, his video camera. So <laughs> it was really surreal dropping that onto, on top of the track and just sitting there. And I've never heard myself as it, as a young girl. So it was, it was so nostalgic and it was like pop was there. And we, we just looked it around. Really it was strange. no, not a dry eye in the room. We, we were, were like, we, Oh my God, is the ghost of pop in this room right now? <laughs> we, we literally took the recording and just laid it over the top of the base of the track and it just weirdly just fitted in all these spots mm. and, and he, he was saying things like, you know, oh, it's recording now and all oh. these little sound bites and it was the only recording of Jess and her granddad. So to have that integrated into it, I think it just sort of Crazy. made it extra special. Crazy universe stuff, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. Even hearing that kind of gave me a little bit of goosebumps because it sounded... <laughs> Like uh, when I first listened to it, I was like, it's, it's a great, um, not like addition to the track, but it's a nice touch to the track. But then yeah. after reading the, the backstory of it, it was like it was almost serendipitous, as you said. Exactly. Yeah. A little bit spooky. It's a little bit spooky. I, mean, I, I just remember hearing Jess the first time she was playing it on the piano. She was downstairs and she was just sort of just writing with, without any purpose, which is always a good thing to do every now and then. Cause sometimes, you know, if you're writing for the album, it can become, you can get a little bit creatively blo blocked and things like that. She mm. was playing this song and I was like, that, that is, that has to go somewhere. Mm. So I'm really glad that it's, it's made its way onto the album. Yeah. It is a gorgeous track as, as I mentioned before. Um, when you guys are writing songs like this, like a dementia is not a, a lighthearted subject. And I know that the album touches on, um, like marital uh, woes or uh, other kind of quite serious subjects, when it does come to sitting down and writing these songs, where do you find that line that's um, where you're comfortable like sharing and, and being raw and honest but also not giving away too much? You're not <laughs> revealing the curtain mm. the whole way back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, co-writing is, is always a bit, 
therapeutic for both of us. And it, and it kind of, it always helps to have a third person like Pat, our, our co-producer and co-writer in the room. So you're kind of just discussing all this stuff, but you don't go so deep into yourself because Pat's there, you know, <laughs> it, could be, it could be a very different song if was- we're just, you know, there's, talking it out just ourselves <laughs> there's, a, there's, a few, there's a few moments um of a lot of the songs that we that we wrote that were mm. going towards the album sort of the the whole vibe of it mm, like, that, wildflowers. Uh, like wildflowers where it was obvious that you know jess would write a verse and it would be referring to an to an ex-boyfriend's kind who's of that, thing who, who's that and who's that about, about? Oh. and then vice versa that would happen to us so <laughs> we'd never really re- sort of coming together from two different perspectives it um it, it was kind of like couples therapy a lot. We're like, oh, I didn't know you felt that way about that. Let's explore that a little bit more. Sometimes Matt's like, oh, you know, like the first the first uh, line of, of Wildflowers in the chorus is when we said forever, never knew that it'd be this hard. And Matt was like, Jess, I don't think we can put that in the song. Like, <laughs> People are going to think we're we, getting a divorce. People, people are going to think <laughs> we're breaking up. And I'm like, no, we have to be honest. Marriage is a roller coaster and we have to tell the people. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that thing. We, we really wanted to dive in for us personally into that subject matter of the challenges of the last two years, especially it's been a real sort of roller coaster time. We mm. we going at it uh, independently and being we're, we're a couple that work together. So we're together 24 seven, mm. you know, and then, no and then losing, losing all our work, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a crazy, crazy time for us both. You talk, people talk about drawing that line in the sand when you're a working couple of, work stops and then the relationship starts, you know, try and clock off at 6 PM and don't talk about anything work, but it's, <laughs> it's you know, not like when, that at when all. you're in a career like music and you're writing songs and if you're feeling, if you're feeling a little bit, you know, down in the dumps one night and it's 10 PM, sometimes that's the best time to write a song. So there's, <laughs> we sort of went through a period of 18 months where there was just absolutely no off switch, mm. which is emotionally super exhausting. There, there never really is an off switch. <laughs> <laughs> I think we spent two weeks apart in 10 years, 11 years. Yeah, it's so, insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes that bears the best fruit. Sometimes you're getting the really good stuff from the, if it's uh, uh, raw in a way, if you guys are kind of like, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as you mentioned, you guys have um, become an independent artist or independent band in, in the last few years. We this um release what's been the biggest i guess obviously other than having the 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 label there what are some of the differences you've found in approaching the release releasing it you know the whole Mm. project from start to finish yeah i mean we had um we had a lot more freedom over the way we produce the tracks um it's definitely things aren't as shiny and as as produced we wanted to capture performances a lot more in this record so things are, are a bit more raw and there's imperfections, which we wanted to sort of, we wanted to capture that throughout the record, which is not necessarily, you know, a major label way of approaching things where things are really shiny and really perfected. And the, tur- the turnaround is, is quite quick when you're producing a song, but, you know, we spent so much time in the cabin making sure that guitar sounded right or, or hitting teacups with a, with a <laughs> teaspoon and sampling that, you know, we're just being idiots for hours was, and hours There was some end. really strange decisions made after 3am just going. <laughs> we pulled it in the hole. That, we were in the hole that night and we come back the next morning and we're like, what we was like, that? What? It sounds it, terrible. It was like kind of 50-50, maybe even more heavily weighted to like, oh, no, that didn't work. Mm. But you sometimes there's a few moments where we played it back and we're like, 
that was we were onto something there. Let's explore that a bit more. Yeah. So having that time, but I think the other main thing of go, being independent with the release, we've been able to have this way deeper connection with our fans. Mm. Um, actually, being hands on. Sending all the sending all the albums out ourselves, yeah. like handwriting all the knowing where everybody comes from, like handling every everything you're, ourselves. You're kind of you're on a major label. You're kind of removed from that process a little bit because mm. everything's getting filtered out to the major distributors, and it's a really quick process. Mm. Where we, you know, the pre-order campaign, we were able to sign every single album that went out and write little messages and we were getting messages from everyone figuring out where everyone lives mm. it just felt like a much deeper connection and i and think people, the, the people artwork as well oh, i'm doing the artwork ourselves as well and mm. well sorry i say my, ourselves i just just did it all he approved it yeah <laughs> i was like great <laughs> keep going but i think yeah just overall it felt, it felt like we were able to pour a lot more of ourselves into the record by mm. being independent yeah mm. Was there, and this is not to discredit the previous label, but was there any? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hesitation from them initially in releasing original material? Was that part of why it's taken now to hear like these fantastic songs? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose when you come off a show like X Factor and then you sign to a major, that's the kind of deal, you know, you do well and then you're signed to say Sony like we were. Um, it's it's kind of expected that that covers is the only thing that works. Um, so we spent a lot of time wanting to release an original album, but um, the fallback the fallback is cover a covers record because they know that they succeed. So an original record is for an X Factor contestant is is a bit more risky. Yeah, I think I mean the last two records that we did there was a lot of um, great opportunities that were presented to us, you know, to travel to New York and Nashville. Mm. That really opened up and, and le- allowed us to discover ourselves on another level, our, our own artistry. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there was always, you know, that that our fans going, you know, we really want an original album. Um, there, was a, there was a sense from us that we wanted to get it right and we, we kind of knew we wouldn't be able to release the album that we have on a major label because it's it doesn't have com- commercial radio play. It's not really steered towards that. We weren't sort mm. of... I think in, in that pop world you can become obsessed with, is Nova going to play this? What station is it going to get played? Yeah. <clears throat> so it was nice to just step away from that. And I think I think we had the freedom to really be extra creative and, and a little bit more self-indulgent, which is what we ultimately wanted. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm curious, I know you mentioned um, X Factor just a second ago. You guys were, I think it was 2015. Yeah, yeah. A lifetime, a lifetime ago. ago, it feels. <laughs> it, especially after the, the last two years, it feels like, yeah, a decade ago. Or so. <laughs> it wasn't, but um, 
with you guys having that experience on that show, because that's a, a different kind of beast altogether. It's like a, those shows are, they show different parts of the industry, but I feel like it's not a whole mm. picture. What did you guys find, I guess, as a thing from the industry on the show that you've now found in your current status as, as a artist and band that was true to being uh, what was seen on TV and then what was something from, I guess, the industry that was not what you thought it was at all, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, mm. yeah go, I mean, we were we had our hesitations going on to a show like that because we've, we've seen a lot of friends and different artists that have come out and had bad experience to show. But us going in, we, we put it off for years and we we always were sort of saying we'll never go on one of those shows thinking that we were not right for that kind of format. Yeah. You know, we're, we're singer-songwriters where you, you've got to tell a story and you literally have a minute and ten seconds to perform each each week on these shows. So you don't really have any time to sort of build anything in that time. It's really just got to be out, out the gate. So naturally the Mariah Carey voices and the big, the big belters – they just people go wow that's amazing and that and that that is the thing but we went in being really sure of who we were and that was the main thing we weren't set on we never thought that we would get to them primarily we just wanted yeah. to get a bit more of a bit more of exposure so that we could create our our albums and things like that mm. so we were blown away each week when we were getting through i mean we spent a lot of time in the bottom too to be honest mm. because everyone's like mm, i think they're a bit boring <laughs> they're a bit boring they you know because you're, you're side by side to like beyonce <laughs> beyonce's twin and she's <laughs> she's belting out and it's it's like wow and then these guys go with an and acoustic like, guitar like, ah, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and i get that i mean it's it's, it's tv and that was that whole thing but i think we just sort of focused on each week trying to to put our DNA into everything. I mean, we were getting thrown, you know, a rock song and a, and a disco song and a, it was genres and stuff, but we really fought. The turnaround was like a couple of hours to come up with a, an arrangement if you wanted to get it approved by the network to play. They generally want you to do the original version because it's licensing and all these different things. Mm. So we'd get our guitar, they'd give us a song like Kiss or something, and mm. we'd be like, okay, let's just... Oh, no, I remember the Bruce Springsteen one. And we, yeah. and we just went, all right, how are we going to do this massive song? We just took it back to just the, the raw lyrics and read the lyrics and then just came Actually, at it's it. It's such a sad song. Really sad song. Mm. Um, Dancing in the Dark, which is mm. about you know, his struggles as a songwriter. As, as a hit maker. As a hit maker. Yeah. You know, he was sort of a, a hit machine and the rec- the labels were just like, come on, we need another song. Another song. Mm. We need another like, song. Like this gun's for hire. I never thought of that listening to the original because it's like, this gun's for hire. Like it's so happy and joyous. So it was like the, we the, like to make songs. Like the, we like to make songs very yeah. sad. Yeah. <laughs> totally so i mean it was nice that we could take those songs take a step back look at them how we would approach them musically and we just came forward and just tried to perform Mm -hmm. as much as we could like that so the album at the end of that whole experience kind of feels like like a cohesive body of work which i think is Mm -hmm. what sort of benefited us into being able to I think people at home kind of got a sense of, oh, they're, you know, I can hear what they're kind of got what their sound kind of is, you know, that's changing. So Mm. I I think we we learn a lot from going on a show like that, though, that's for sure. We learn how to communicate really well. (laughs) Always very helpful, even whether it's working relationship or just a regular relationship. That's a very good thing sometimes. Yeah, exactly. You have no choice. (laughs) I mean, the, the, the one crazy thing of that show is being in a platform where everyone speaks their mind as soon as you finish performing. Like it's a judge, it's a judge show and the public 
like the the uh, the initial interactions we were getting from from viewers would be like, oh, I really like that, but I hated when you did this and that sucked and this is they're really just I hated, really. I hated your boots that you were wearing. It's like yeah, I, I think ancient clothes. <laughs> just like opinions like crazy like so much judgment and that was that was something we had to adjust to i think i think sometimes people don't realize that you're humans and you actually read everything <laughs> which which is kind of to our detriment you know a lot of the solo artists would read and get get really down but luckily matt was there to be like don't worry about it they're, they're a keyboard <laughs> warrior and i'm like but the, but they said that, that they didn't like my voice and my boots <laughs> i don't think we could have done it solo that's for sure i'd never do that type of platform again because it's so emotionally draining but luckily we had each other mm. and then getting on the other side into the real industry you realize that it's actually not like not, it's nice to be on the other side. Everyone's not judging everything you do. So we had to kind of unlearn that being like, okay, that's right. Gen- generally people just, people are here for it. Your fans are here for it. <laughs> They're not here to. <laughs> it's, a, it's a traumatic thing. I'm not, not many people talk about it, but it's like, it's crazy. You just, you've got millions of people viewing you every week mm. and you just have to just grow a thick skin. I imagine the uh, part of it as well is that, as you said, these people are like, I didn't like this part of the song. Or I didn't like your boots. Whereas like they're probably sitting on the couch. They can't sing. They're wearing trackies. Like who are they? 100%. To... 100%. It's, it's one of those. Yeah. Anyway, we, we won't attack those people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they know what they did. They, they, <laughs> they know what they did. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, before you guys went on the show, you'd been playing I think it was for around 10 years together. So you've been playing music together for now. Oh, my math is not great. 16, <laughs> 16 years, 17 years. What brought you guys together uh, musically? And, and when did you guys start to decide to form a band and play music? Um, I mean, it was, it was 2014 when we actually started playing together. We were solo artists for, for years before that. And Matt convinced me to quit my job in a restaurant and said, you know, you're just full time and you can do music every weekend, you know, three times a week, four times a week. And I was like, Oh, you sure? Like, you sure I'm good enough? So I I quit my job and I bought some, some sound gear and, and then, yeah, we, we went down the triple J, um, route and, and I was kind of more this folky James Taylory sound and Matt was more into the, the funk Stevie, Stevie wonder vibe. I love my blues. So having, yeah. so having that kind it was, of together. It was, a, it was very different styles at first. We were saving on petrol the first gigs that we were doing. Yeah. We, I mean, we met, we met studying music. That was the first, the first place we met at JMC Academy. And yeah, we were so different then. It was just, a, a, it was sort of a convenience thing at first, the first gigs we ever did together. We kept it separate for the first couple of years of our relationship where we were like, let's just have our own individual projects and not merge them because you see all, I mean, you would, I can see your record in the back. <laughs> these, these guys, it didn't work out really well for these guys. Um, and there's, there's lots of stories of duos that have dated and it doesn't work. And mm. we, we were getting told that all the time, you know, just yeah. keep it separate and all that. But then, um, yeah, we did our first couple of gigs. Where we definitely we, butt heads, that's for sure. Oh, at first, we, uh, official. <laughs> we have, yeah. I mean, coming in and trying to write with really musical backgrounds, mm. you have to find the middle ground, which is, and I think the middle ground that we found genre-wise is completely different to both of the things that we were doing previously, mm. which was really nice. I think that's when when we started doing gigs together, 
we realized, oh, this is something completely new and different and a new way to channel all all these this range of influence that we have musically mm. into one new project. So there was no looking back after that, yeah. I'm, well, I'm glad that you guys didn't end up taking the Fleetwood path and, you know, that's a very uh, yeah. different outcome. <laughs> so. When you are sitting down to, to write these songs and as, as you just mentioned, you kind of originally came from different genres of, of music in, in what you were playing. Do you find that you both operate in a similar way when songwriting? Like are you both... Uh, lyrics first and then melody or, or is it like one is one of one and one's the other or it, it usually starts with matt on a piano or guitar and then and then i start on the melody or or lyrics and then and then we kind of just chip away at each verse or the chorus first it really depends on on the song but i think a big thing you definitely of- start the vibe yeah, sure. we like always having a little vibe first. <laughs> but um, I think the time we spent in Nashville sort of re made us reapproach the way we approach songwriting because it's there's never really a, a a finite way that works. You know, sometimes we'll have stuff mm. scribbled down. Sometimes there'll be a melody. Sometimes there'll be chords. Mm. But the thing that really helped sort of set, funnel everything to an, a process, I guess, from Nashville, they like to. Um, some of the songwriters we worked with, they write down titles and they have a, they have mm. a title and they just, they write them down in their phone. Just say, if they'll be at the shops and they'll be like, oh, that's, a, that's a great title for a song. You know, that's something and it inspires some ideas. That becomes kind of the centerpiece of the whole concept, which we, we found was really interesting for some of the tracks. So we could um, be really, so we could be really specific. And if while you're writing verses, you just keep coming back to the title and what that means to you. Mm. So um, doing that, I think it made it made the songs a lot more concise and and I feel like they got out at what we wanted to get across a lot more clearer than just sort of sometimes stabbing around in the dark. Yeah, a bit. sometimes yeah. You, you've got a melody and, and you've got like this random lyric and you're like, how is this relevant? How can yeah. we make this work? So, yeah, the title thing really helps. Yeah. Could you guys say um, yourselves, I, I think that the Nashville trips that you're referring to, were they quite regular? They were once a year or once every second year? Yeah, we had... Um, I think we were spending about three months a year there for the yeah. last sort of three years. Mm. Yeah, so it was, it was it was pretty extensive. We were lucky that we had um, we had Chris Isaac over there who was a, one of the mentors on, on X Factor when we were on, became a close friend and he just took us under his wing and was like, stay at my place. So we kind of had a base when we were going to Nashville, which was really nice. Mm. And we, and we used that's, that a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad friend to have. Exactly. Not at all. I mean, you, you hear He's this stuff on shows and you, you hear of the mentors and you know, the voice judges and stuff. And they're like, no, we'll see I, you after, I'll the, see show. You after the show. You never, never believe, you again. never believe it. You never really believe it, but we've just been, it's but been guys, really surreal. Guy, guy and, um, and Chris have been, have been great. Yeah. You know, ever since. And they're, they're still friends, which is really nice. Yeah. No, it it's nice. not, it's not that common. So feel very lucky. Could you see yourselves moving? Um, Nashville is quite, uh, I think that people know that it's somewhat musical, but I spent a bit of time there, I think a few weeks, uh, yeah, a few weeks, maybe two years ago or so. And it's way more musical than I think people actually realise, even with the knowledge that it's a musical city. For sure. Totally. Uh, we, we considered the move very, we actually yeah. had our visa stuff all done. 
March, uh, March which was 1st. March 1st. We were supposed to record this record in Nashville mm. and we had a few things penned out. But, and, then, um, and then COVID hit. The world and, had other plans. And thank God we didn't get on that plane because we would have been stuck there. <laughs> we had a, we had our, a couple of our band members <laughs> moving over as well. So there was a big thing planned, our, our MD uh, Eric, he moved over there just before us. Yeah, and he's, he's, kill, he's killing it. He's now, doing really well over there doing all the touring, but he had to brace the storm of no touring and no mm. income over there with no but no, no government benefits. Yeah. So, I mean, it, uh-huh. we're, we're sort of in the universe timing that we were able to, I mean, if we got over there, who knows when we would have been able to it probably record the record. Been, it probably would have been a lot more country, the record, I think, if, if we went over there working with more of a country producer but yeah i think i think everything happens for a reason and you know not that covid happened for a reason silver lining maybe it totally did. <laughs> yeah. um uh, lastly we usually ask our guests uh, what they're currently listening to uh what are you guys currently giving a um a spin to in your in your record player i know we discussed the fleetwood mac record but it's a yeah, yeah. Um, fleetwood mac gets a lot of spin leon bridges new record is awesome incredible so good we've been, um, we've been deep diving into that mm. and uh that the documentary that came out of the making of the album was very inspiring to us mm. that and um we're we're suckers for casey musgraves golden slow, hour, golden hour. Yeah. that's um oh, yeah. that's one of our go-to records mm. i think we we reference that record a lot in the making of this record as well mm. just little sounds and little how simple how simple that record is as well. Mm. Try trying not to be too complicated, just writing just really just just infectious songs. Mm. So that was a really uh, a really beautiful inf- inspiration. Yeah, beautiful inspiration for us. Now that you've said it, I can actually see that there are some through lines from that record to your record. I wouldn't have maybe got there myself. I needed that oh, help. Yeah. But, um, Especially in our yeah yeah. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> it's um yeah, it is quite similar, and they're both fantastic records, Golden Hour and Wildflowers. Congratulations again on Wildflowers. Thank you. Thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you very much for having us. us. Appreciate it. Good luck in lockdown. <laughs> and that's our show. A massive thank you to Jess and Matt for their time. Wildflowers is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record or see their upcoming tour dates. We also want to give a huge shout out to Janelle and Tian at Morse Code for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.